Hi everyone and welcome to the Swiftcase Productivity Podcast. My name is Adam Sykes from Swiftcase, the professional productivity platform. And today we've got with us Craig McCarthy, development manager at Swiftcase. Bill Whitby, a developer at Swiftcase. Kevin Bill, director at Westminster Associates North America. And Paul Thompson, director of Westminster Associates in the rest of the world. <laughs> Great. So thanks guys for coming Wait, in. It's uh, <laughs> nice, to meet, nice to meet you, Kevin, today. And Great to be here. Paul's been with us before and it was a great podcast last time. So we're, look, we're really looking forward to this one. So I suppose really just to, to kick off, if you could tell us a bit more about what you do and what your business does and how they, sure. how they help. Well, our basic business model is, is, is we help people and teams learn to communicate and adapt with one another. We just, what we do at the very basic levels, we get people talking to one another to learn how they look, prefer to work, how they prefer to communicate with one another, and really start a dialogue with them and give them a common language and a common understanding of what it looks like to be a team and what it looks like for them um, in the workplace on a day-to-day basis. And then we build on that with individuals, with teams, to a higher level with leadership and team development and leadership development on top of that as well. And it's all based on the work of uh, Carl Jung using the Insights Discovery Model, which is a company based out of uh, Dundee. Yeah. Nearby. 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 In US terms. <laughs> yeah. Very far away in UK terms. <laughs> it's Dundee. Yeah. And it, it, it's interesting, I think the other piece of the jigsaw is as well, is that once we understand ourselves and our teams and our leaders understand the people that are working from them, we can start to understand our customers a little bit more mm, as well. Absolutely. So yeah. there's an internal and an external lens. Mm. You know, customers from a you know, support perspective from a sales perspective, that's quite a key one because understanding yeah. who you're selling to, I think, can make the world of difference in terms of whether or not you, you get the sale. Yeah. I think, like you said, from a support point of view, yes. it, it's great to be talking on the same level if someone yeah. gets, you know, because that's when someone's frustrated. And if you're, like me, fiery red and you're you're just battering them with uh, things that you, they need to do, they, you know, you need to do this, this and this. If you tried this, this and this first... And they, they just want it all written out, you know, or they're hand-holding through the process or, some, or something, you know, you've got to, that can be really be beneficial to Absolutely. open your eyes. It's the idea, too, of, of there's things you think that are happening internally, and there's things you think your customers are seeing. When you talk to the customers who are experiencing your company, you'll find that everything is, is great about your company or might be a weak point for your company. Your customers are experiencing that exact experience the same way, too. It can almost be a blind spot for you. You don't know what you're not good at sometimes or what your possible areas for improvement could be. So it's interesting to have those dialogues and really see what it looks like, or, or even parts of the team may not understand like, oh, I this would work better if we did this differently, but we don't even know what that looks like for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we may be very good at getting things done, but maybe we're not so good at sharing our common vision for the company as well, too. This can happen especially in smaller startups, especially in the Bay Area, which I think we'll talk about a bit more, too. But it's very interesting to see their perception of themselves as well. A lot of what we talk about is perception, how they're perceived and how they're perceived internally and how other people may be perceiving a person or, or, or a small organization as well. Okay. Yeah. So, so as you mentioned it, should yeah. we, should we maybe explore that? So obviously, like you said, you work out of the US mm-hmm. and you know, Paul and ourselves are mainly UK based companies. Yeah. So uh, what, what do you think the main differences are about the approach to business and teamwork across the, the two different places? And to put this in context too, Paul's worked in the US too. So he, he was working in the US and has a large amount of experience working in the US, especially in the Bay Area where I'm from. Startups, I would say the difference for me is the marketplace right now is so go, go, forward motion. Everything's a startup. Everyone is, it's 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 really a gold rush right now in the Bay Area. Again, it's, I think unemployment is now the lowest 
level it's been in 40 years. It, it's, it's, a, it's a problem now of, of starting your company, finding the people to work for your company. Actually, which is interesting for us, it's not a question of finding money so much. Yeah. Financing is there and there's a lot. It's actually more a question of finding the right people to run your company and understanding how to build that as well. So the difference I would see is many of the companies are smaller and newer and it's very much an idea of time is money. Mm -hmm. um, the investors will come in and give them the financing to do what they need, but it's also very important that they get the results they need to have very quickly because there's so many shiny objects, if you will, mm -hmm. of, of, of companies coming in. They say it's for every 10 companies that happen, six will go out of business for two or three years. Three will kind of make it, probably get bought by someone else, and one will be the unicorn. Yeah, we're not even going to be successful. The unicorns are, are the Ubers of the world. The yeah. the Airbnb, the, the ones that Airbnb was an afterthought. You know, or, or, sorry, Uber was an afterthought. It kind of happened on the side of another project. Apparently, that wouldn't it be cool if we could get cars online. Yeah, and you know, now it just went public. So what I'm seeing is the is the speed with which things are happening compared to here, and the size of companies. It's very small, very agile very uh, lean lean companies in, in, yeah. in the marketplace too. And the idea of getting people to work on their teams can be interesting. It's the idea of getting them to stop long enough to take take a step back, take take half. They always, you know, can you do it in two hours instead of eight? You can do something, but you're not going to get, it's it's how, whatever you invest, you get back. Yeah. So the, so for I would say the difference really is the size and the, the, the speed with which things happen and the, the speed with which change needs to happen here. Yeah. The longer term is not always there. That happens later when you get to a bit of growth. You've been around a few years. You're up to like 100 employees, 150 employees. We would call that that sweet spot of 150 to 200 employees where you can kind of see the future going on down the road too. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because I think that the outside of London, the UK is still quite regionalized to a degree. Yeah. Um, and I mean that in terms probably the diversity of of, of culture and individuals that work for an organization. And I may be wrong, there'll always be organizations that, that are exceptionally diverse. Uh, you know, in San Francisco for me, and I worked there really from 2012 until a couple of years ago when we, we incorporated there. So my, my MRs are a lot less now and my jet lag is a lot less as well. <laughs> but San Francisco is almost a microcosm of the globe because there's been a huge yes. influx. It's, mm -hmm. it's like the Emerald City. It's like the the Oz, I think, of mm. the world. Everybody flocks there and tells their friends. Um, so I think you've got a couple of things going on. You've got people that are highly academic, mm. but you find people with big job titles and big teams quite young in career. Yes. But regardless of how academic they are, they just don't have the successes and failures to, uh, you know, behind them to to to. To, to show them what what good leadership or being a yeah. good team player yes. is. Culture is another big one. You know, when you get an influx of individuals from all over the world to a center point, we will have different ways of being, of behaving, of values and beliefs yeah. because of where we come from. And even the density, I mean, some of the conversations we've had with venture capitalists that obviously invest in a lot of the startups there, everybody's got money to give the next unicorn. So the VCs are now trying to differentiate themselves in terms yeah. of why choose us. Yeah. It's interesting. Actually. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether you guys watch how much the comedy show Silicon Valley. Mm. I don't know whether yes, you've seen it. Seen it's, like, it's, it's ringing a few bells. It's, it's, it's fairly accurate. It's, it? it's painfully funny for a lot of people yeah. because it's actually yeah. their life on TV. Yeah. 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 It's that, one of those shows that you think, 
that can't be, but oh, that that's yeah. exactly what yeah. it is. <laughs> it's, yeah. de it's definitely ringing yeah. bells. The idea that someone who's maybe a, a tech guy for a tech company is who's no experience in management yeah. suddenly got millions, oh, of, millions of dollars to put together a project and, and it's got <laughs> okay. venture capitalists to answer to. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah. what happens. There's this, there's this euphoria, I think, as soon as we've gotten a, our Series A round of funding and great, we've gotten uh, $10 million. And then there's the sheer panic moment about a few months later when they realize how quickly $10 million can go yeah. when you're running a company yeah. and what that looks like and, and how quickly you need to get a result, result concept to product marketplace too. It's the idea Paul was talking about too. The you, you've gotten the title. You may be very good at this development part of the phase, but suddenly you're not running. It's not you and two other people running uh, a concept. Mm -hmm. It's you running a team. It's it's I call it the difference between leadership and management. So you, you can manage a process, but the idea of leading a company yeah. is a completely different job, and it's thrust upon you very quickly. Yeah. I worked for years in investment banking, which is very structured. There's very much a hierarchy. You have four levels of, of you know, analyst, associate, vice president, managing director. And it's very clear how you work through those. And they kind of advance you when you're ready. Yeah. And there's a nurturing phase. If that's mm -hmm. the word. There's a. It's more like boot camp. Yeah. But there's a phase you go <laughs> through. Yeah. It's, <laughs> they, they, it's clear when you're ready. And, and what, what the difference there is, it's very analytical in the beginning. It's all about can you crunch numbers, do, do the math, and, and, and analyze the deals to at the very top? It's all about relationships you create with your clients. So the transition and the learning of both happens throughout your career over probably a period of 15 years. These startups, that happens in 15 weeks. Yeah. You've said and that's, that's where we come in too. And it's, it's even them, it's the idea of getting them to see the value, if we will, of, of talking with us and learning this and seeing what that looks like. It's, it's even seeing what does that look like to run a team. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting conversation with the venture capitalists now, more and more in the last two years, we're seeing the idea of what does that, what, how do you work with these teams? Before it was just, we've got the money and we're the best and we did these things, so you should work with us. Now they know it's a process. They need to go in and work with these companies, give them these tools to develop it and have somebody with experience running the company, running sales, running marketing, running teams, running people work with these people alongside the product development yeah so interesting as well it, it's and, and just kind of sparking up some of the things kevin is saying um we were in a, a local school yesterday chatting with the head and kevin asked him what is the most important thing when you recruit new teaching staff mm -hmm. uh, and he straight away said personality straight yeah. away mm -hmm. yeah and kevin asked one of the vcs that we know within our network in san francisco when you are investing, is it the product of the person? Is it the person every single time for the yeah. first series of yeah. of investments? Yeah. So, you know, again, when, when what you do is all about behavior, which is part of kind of what makes up our, our personality, yeah. it's... Um, and I think that's a shift too. Yeah, it, it is a yeah. shift. Yeah. It is a shift. You know, it's like the age-old adage that, you know, you, you, you will hire someone based on their experience and their academic track record, their work-based professional qualifications, they'll start the job and upset the entire team on yeah. day one. You know, it's that fit is becoming more and more important. I think especially as you say, same for our business, when it's a small team and you're getting started, yes. one person can cause a, a massive difference. Mm -hmm. it, it could be a you could be a tenth oh, of yes. your workforce, couldn't it? Is is a mm -hmm. is a problem. Oh yeah. yeah, and they say you know, your team is only as great as the the, the weakest link. Yeah, true. It's that idea of if you're if you're allowing that behavior to occur, that's that's the level at which you're you're. And believe me, it will lower to that level. That it won't raise up. It's mm -hmm. much easier to lower down. True. That's where the gossipy 
water cooler conversation might happen as well. Yeah, I saw a clip online recently, and I, forgive me, I can't remember the guy's name, but you, you know, he's he's out there uh, online a lot talking about you know what make what makes companies grow and go fast. Yeah, you know, um, is is get rid of the toxic employees. Yeah, you know, yeah. and find out what motivates people, what yeah. gets people out of bed in the morning. Um, you know, and if you can do that, and and. Our experiences, we've seen that. You yeah. know, some of the best chief executives that we work with and some yeah. of the best leaders and best team members and best individuals we work with are, and my English teacher told me never to use the word nice when I was at school, <laughs> but they're just genuinely yeah. decent human beings that obviously <coughs> can do the job as yeah. well. Yes. You know, authenticity. Well, maybe if you're being treated well, then you will, as a consequence, treat others well, including customers or others around you. So exactly. maybe like that Yeah, kind of... we read and talked about this before but like that successful companies start with prioritizing the employees and they also then happen to have excellent customer service without ever having to focus on customer service yeah. because they those people their employees being tra- treated well yes. they feel good they be- become nice people yes the culture yeah. isn't it yeah, it's, yeah. it's having a great work culture and i think like you said just picking up what you yeah. comment you made then a team is made up of individuals and how you, as, as a leader, I suppose, how you work with different individuals to facilitate the mm-hmm. team working together is important. One mm-hmm. of the things we did yesterday was we put together our first uh, sort of profit share yeah. sort of scheme in the business. So all the employees now sharing in the profits of the business. Mm-hmm. And the comments that we got back were completely different from different people. You know, like, I won't name names, but, you know, some people were more like, let's grow the numbers because mm-hmm. if I grow the numbers, I'm going to be yeah. getting numbers. Others were more interested in how transparent the process was and yeah. the fact that you've engaged with us and yeah. it's inclusive. And people are different. And the way you deal with people and understanding those relationships is key to, to running a successful business. And I think that's oh, where, you know, your guys, and I've, I've been on the, the, you know, certainly one of the, the sessions with Paul, it's so it's so important. I learned so much, you know, it was one day, wasn't it? And you learn so much and there's so, so much more that could be explored that can benefit. But I suppose, like you said earlier, it's how to make businesses understand. It's the same for our business that an investment of time now mm-hmm. is going to pay so much oh, yeah, yeah. off, you know, in the future yeah. term, isn't it? So you could spend an hour interviewing someone. Yeah, yes. but really, that's wasted time if you just think, oh, it's, this is a necessity of getting out of the way. Mm. Two days, a day or two days, making sure, doing research about the person. It's far mm. better investment of time than spending weeks on months trying to get rid of them when you realize they don't fit. Oh, yeah. You know, ne- never so. hire anyone for a short-term solution. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That is, I've seen that happen frequently. Never hire someone because you need someone quickly. It's better yeah. to have a position empty oh, in that absolutely. way because if you hire the wrong person, yeah. Yeah. They're usually the ones that like to stay. And then you've got your, your, your men. And to your point, interviewing too, it's, it's a bit like to relate to the customer experience. When you interview someone, you'll get the very first 15 minutes I find are they've got their tie straightened mm-hmm. and they're in the suit. And the longer the interview goes on, the more they'll become relaxed and share. And your customers will have that same experience too. You may be able to put a, you know, a trade show presentation on it and have that. Mm-hmm. The more they deal yeah. with you, the more they will see. Exactly. And that's when the great experience is, is the more they see you, the more impressed they become. Okay. And it's very much about hiring people and hiring the right people and the right fit. It's I, I hired a lot of people my throughout my years, and I've always hired on based on the person. If if I know I can, if there's something they may need to learn, I know I can teach that to them eventually. And if they have the, the capacity to learn, the willingness to learn. I can, I can, it's the, it's the, it's the soft skills. It's the emotional skills. It's the attitude and their, their approach to, to work and to the job that 
I always interviewed for and hired for and always worked to. I worked at banking for years and it was very much the place I worked was was Goldman Sachs, but they're years ago, and but they were very much focused on their culture of how are our how are our customers treated, how do we work internally, how do we collaborate together? It's the it's a place where when you ask someone to do something, you could you could call anybody anywhere in the company, anywhere in the world, and you would just assume they would be willing to help you with it and they would get back to you and it'd be done. And people love they, that's they love doing that too because everybody everywhere pulled together for the benefit of the customer around the globe. But they never explicitly put that out in anything they ever wrote. But it was very clear that that was the expectation. It wasn't expectation; it was just kind of the work ethic of the entire company. Mm. And it was it, it functioned extremely well. And it was it's again the hiring the right person who's going to fit in and be a part of that job. It can be a, a nonstop job, and it, it's a job where you can probably do it for a part of your career and and and, and eventually that the, the that expectation can wear on you over the years yeah. too but when it works it works really well and i've seen the opposite happen too when it doesn't work well it it falls apart yeah it sounds very much like teaching and, and it, yeah. um, uh, healthcare to me yeah. as well yeah as those so, oh yeah 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 so unfortunately in those i think in those environments it takes advantage like a lot of the institutions will take advantage of that mm-hmm. i don't know uh, so the expectation to work outside of hours at home. Yes. Um, go the extra mile because there's no formal yeah. process. Yeah. That's recognized that costs money. Um, but that people would still stay because of their devotion to that cause. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting as well because one of the chief execs that, that we worked with, um, he took his company to a very lucrative acquisition as a startup. So he's now enjoying the, uh, the benefits of that and doing some part time advisory work but when I introduced him to to Kevin because I'd owned the relationship really in the early days without knowing Kevin had worked for Goldman obviously he's now got the luxury of being able to make investments and he started to talk about Goldman and how it felt to be a customer of Goldman Mm. and without knowing that link he echoed everything that Kevin's just said in terms of you feel really looked after yeah you know we're pack animals at the end of the day I think you know, and a lot of what we do, a lot of the psychology that exists out there in business is based on child psychology. Yeah. Monkey see, yeah, monkey yeah, do. Yeah, and if yeah, you put yeah. on the naughty step, yeah. you know, it's rewards and penalties. And I think if you've got leaders that are yelling at their teams, yeah. guess what their teams do with yeah. their customers? Maybe yeah. they don't yell, but see a manifestation. Yeah, of stress. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And a lack of, of desire to really support, I yeah. think. But if you yeah. support your people... They're yeah. more likely yeah. going to want to do that with their customers as well. Okay. And just one final question I think you want to ask and you ask Paul this is what's the most dramatic change you've seen from the work you've done with a company? You don't have to name names, but can you think of a dramatic change that you've had? I, I think that I would dramatically, I wouldn't put it at a company, I would put it at the level of someone who comes into a session very skeptical. Yeah. And the first couple hours is probably sitting there thinking with their arms crossed, yeah. thinking, no, this yeah. is just this is just poppycock mm-hmm. and this is a waste. And then there's a moment when a light switch moment. Yeah. And what I, I had one a couple of weeks ago. It was, oh, this is just, you know, whatever. And I, you know, and, and then there's a moment when you correlate that to their business and say, well, you're a manager of a team with nothing else. This you may think this, but the way our model works. I can correlate this to your day-to-day operations and you can literally see them lean forward and go, wait, what? Because suddenly that thing that they haven't been able to put a name on or a, a definition to, they completely understand why there's an issue with the way their team is operating or what could be better with their team. 
it's that moment of understanding, oh, wow, okay, I understand myself now. That makes sense. I do do that. And the rest of my team is experiencing this. And one thing you'll find is people tend to hire in their own image too. Mm-hmm. So it's the understanding of what, mm-hmm. what will balance their team out and what will actually make their team more balanced. And it's the idea of, of someone going too quickly and moving too forward. We'll hire people like that when they may need someone who's going to slow them down just a bit and say, wait, is this the way we should be going? And they'll know they need that, but to give it a name to it and give a definition to it and, and let them see it look like that's the real change I would see. And it, it, it does happen on team levels, but really specifically happens on an individual level. And that's the, that is the, 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 the kernel. That is the seed of where that change is going to happen. Because when that person is on board and has had that moment, that will spread throughout their entire team. They're the ones who'll come and say, wow, I'd like to do the rest of my team with this too. So we get the moment of, so they all can experience this too and are all on the same page with this as well. I, I call that, that's when you know you've got them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because in my experience of now doing this for 15 years, your biggest skeptics when you get that turnaround yes. yeah. normally become your biggest sponsors yeah. from a yeah. client's mm-hmm. yeah. perspective. Um, I've got one, and I don't know if I shared this last time, but just briefly, we had a chief marketing officer sit back and go white and almost slide off their seats as we started to introduce the model. It was almost like a cartoon where somebody <laughs> off the seat because we're in a fortunate position in that we had a lot of data from their customer, one of their biggest customers, their customer said, share it with them. Yeah. It'll be useful. So we had data on the supplier and the customer. When I say data, I mean the way people prefer to behave. And she realized and she verbalized our entire marketing strategy is wrong. Because they were marketing in a very big bells and whistles, here we are, buy from us kind of way. And their customer base were a much more reflective, data-driven, decision-making kind of individual. Um, And they totally re-engineered their website. So it was all ROI calculators rather than starbursts and (laughs) flashing lights. That really Um, is a dramatic change then, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. and she still quotes that as a defining moment as she sat with her executive peers. And she's the most wonderful, driven, animated individual that probably we've both ever met. And when she went quiet, we knew (laughs) that was a potential challenge. Yeah, that's great that she was open to yeah. revise something so significant. Yeah. I suppose that's you know, the first step, yeah. isn't it, though, being yeah. open That moment when she realised, though, yeah. this, this all yeah. correlates. Eureka. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you see your own profile oh, and yes. you start recognising yeah. things, that just gives yeah. you the sort of the, the proof <clears> and the reassurance that you know, what, if they know that much about me, then well, I suppose there's the got to be something step. in this. Yeah. I think sometimes there's almost a hesitation. I don't say they're scared, but they, it's it might rock their world a little bit too yeah. if you know a little bit too much about me. It's vulnerability. Ignorance They're in their like, happy space of yeah. it's 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 going I'm doing it the way I like to do it. If we change, I might have to change myself and that might not feel comfortable for me. We have a mutual friend who we give we we joke with him. He's like he calls it our, our silly color stuff. But over the last few months I think he's really he's like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's we he, it's it's People, you can almost tell where they're going to plot in the model by the way they're already reacting to it before you do it. I mean, people trying to convince me they're one thing being there. They're actually, mm-hmm. the way they're actually trying to convince me there's something is, is showing me the, the actual <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a backstage and backstage personas, isn't it? It's like your backstage, you think your backstage persona is hidden, but yeah. you, you, oh, what you choose to you reveal yourself. Stage, it yeah. reveals that. Yeah. And I think it's that fear that your backstage is going to be revealed. Isn't it? People know yeah. this as well. I mean, Adam, you've been through it. And I think, you know, just to square the circle here, 
It's not that scary. No, that profile no. just measures behavioral preference, preferred mm. ways of yeah. working mm. at work on most days, most yeah. of the time. It doesn't dig into anything other than that. No. I think it's interesting when people are scared of what it's going to show, yeah. especially because it's yeah. a self-score yeah. questionnaire. Yeah. Um, but, but, and we know all of this. We're, mm. we're pretty sophisticated yeah. as human beings. We've survived for a long time. All we do, and the insights discovery model does, is just give people a peg to hang things on, yeah. things they knew already, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a common language to have a dialogue that either they've not known how to have, yeah, they've yeah. not had a language to have, or they've tried to have, and it's got a little bit awkward. Yeah. And just a side note, the only people that see your profile are you. You yeah. don't have to share anything from it mm. you don't want to share. Yeah. yeah. You can. You get a lot of value. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of yeah. people yeah. do, but yeah. Yeah. it's up to you. There yes. are people who have gotten, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. So yeah. If, if people want to find out more, what's the best way to get in touch with you guys? I think the, the, the typical routes of, you know, www.westminster-associates.com. Yes. Um, we'll, we'll put a link. We'll put a yeah. link. Yeah. It's, right, yeah. it's right there. It's now. right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're happy to talk. It's good to talk. Yes. We're all about getting people talking to one another. So, mm-hmm. you know, it costs nothing to talk. Cool. Yeah. Right. We'll put either of us in contact, US or UK. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for coming in today. It's oh, been lovely. a pleasure to have you both. Yeah, fantastic. And so it's been a great podcast. So thank you. Uh, thanks for listening to the Swift Case Productivity Podcast. I've been Adam Sykes, and we'll see you again next time. Yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. Thank yeah. you. Don't forget to leave a comment below. And uh, check yeah. out our website, swiftcase.co.uk, or follow us on social media, Swiftcase UK, for more information about what we do. Great. Thank you. Great. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks very much, guys.